The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of homegrown, on-demand audio to help you look to God daily. You can listen to Faith and Fostering with Christians chatting about foster care in an Australian context. Plus, be encouraged by Pastor Terry Nightingale's four-minute devotions with new episodes added each week in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. An update today on one of those really exciting and very inspiring developments in church life. An ordinary church youth group decided to pursue things a little differently and put the youth ministry online. Now, you might be astounded at how a ministry can change and grow when it goes into the digital world. There are a lot of things that seem quite conventional, like having weekly sermons, prayer groups, and providing Bibles for people who want one. But what's breathtaking is that when Kieran Scaria started his online youth group church with zero people just a few years ago, he's now reaching as many as 20,000 members across 80 countries around the world. Kieran Scaria is also known online as Pastor Scar, whose online church is at twitch.tv. He's also Youth Ministry Engagement Coordinator for the Baptist Association of New South Wales and the ACT, based in southwest Sydney, and Kieran is joining us today. Kieran, special welcome back to 2020. Hey, mate. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Kieran, I don't have to ask you whether lockdown is affecting church life for you, do I? Because uh, there you are in Sydney. Are you technically in lockdown? But it doesn't affect your church, does it? Yeah, no, we are very much in lockdown, um, as as is many uh, over here. But um, as far as as far as church and ministry and that kind of thing, we're a ministry that is natively digital, and that was the case before COVID. It'll be the case after COVID um, and and during the middle of it. So yeah, no, we are still able to to meet and gather um, in a, a similar way. Um, only now, obviously, the the needs have shifted as more people in this community are struggling with things like mental health and, and various things like that, that, you know, is a result of, of lockdown and even having people with a global community, of course, having people who have lost many family members. Um, it's been a trying time, but, but I'm glad we were able to be here and, and just be with people where they are. Well, it's one thing to talk about a global community, but when you are there in Sydney and lockdown is quite severe for you at this time, are you finding there's a whole bunch of people from, you know, Sydney-siders who are, in fact, engaging more with you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We... We've found, see, we, with lockdown, whether it's lockdown or not, we'll have people that know Twitch and that are in that space um, and, and that kind of thing. So, if anything, there is a bit more of a shift around times. There were times previously where people would be at work, whereas now they are working from home and sometimes they'll tune in to the stream while they're at work and just be like, hey, I'm just working, I've got this on the side. So, um, that's been good. But, you know, it's actually interesting, you know, as we talk about the, the global community side of things, because in this intro, I know you mentioned um, 
about 80 countries. I actually double-checked that stat just before this, just to know um, actually where we're at and how many countries we are connecting with. Um, And you'd be astounded. um, As of today, the number of countries that this ministry is connected with on the ground in person where people are tuning in is now 96 different individual countries. And that begs the question too, I mean, are all of those English-speaking people who are connecting with you, do you have thoughts about multilingual programs. I mean, the opportunities for expansion are huge when you start to reach that many people, Kieran. Absolutely. Um, you, you are not wrong there. We do definitely have some people that come in where, uh, I mean, many people where English isn't their first language, but uh, majority of which that connect with our channel, because I am speaking English on the channel, um, are people that can understand English. Um, however, there are a lot of things that we've started doing where we'll do it in a written format. So as I say something, we'll have something to come up in the chat because that way it's just easier for people to identify and go, okay, I can, I can see what that says. But yes, absolutely. As we, you know, think even further outside of the box, you know, my mind goes to things like, well, you know, what would it look like if, if there were people in other languages that were, were doing similar things, working alongside one another and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, God's got some exciting things in, in the works, that's for sure. Last time we were talking, which uh, from my estimate is around about May last year, and uh, you had grown this online reach to as many as 10,000 members. And uh, now, as I understand it, that number has doubled again in just over a year. So, uh, you know, you're checking on your the number of countries who are represented on that membership. Uh, how do you identify the number of people? Yeah, it, it's been um, an astounding journey because you are right. There are so many people. But one thing that's interesting is that, that you know, those stat lines, they're the number of people that have actually taken the next step of actually following the channel either on Twitch or on one of the other social platforms that we are on. Um, but I, I look at more than that at the number of people that we've actually reached. And that is where, you know, my mind really is blown by what God is doing through a community like this that is so accessible. Um, in the time that this ministry has been operating, which now is uh, about three and a half years um, in total since I first turned on the laptop and said, let me give something a go here. Um, we've now connected. I'll give you the live number because I can see it on my screen here. Um, it's 120,489 unique viewers so if the same person shows up to five live streams they only count once um 120,489 as of today which is mind-blowing to know that that's the level of reach that as a ministry we've had and that's just via twitch that doesn't include anyone on our youtube channel or or, or anywhere else so uh it's really encouraging stuff now, you know, 120 plus thousand people. Uh, we're only talking three and a half years here. Uh, I'm not assuming you're running out of steam yet, but you're across, if you're touching 96 countries around the world, Kieran, uh, you're across time zones around the world. And so in some part of the world, it's always prime time for the ministry role that you have. Have you got some sort of 24-hour schedule in place? I mean, when you're there live, have you got all sorts of other things that are happening on your channel at the same time uh, over that 24 hours? 
Yeah, absolutely. So our, our community do operate in a 24-hour format. There are certain segments where I am live, but the live stream component isn't the entirety of the ministry. It's one part of the ministry. It's one piece of the puzzle. Um, and I do intentionally stream at a different time. So, for example, um, on a standard week, I'll stream you know, 2.30 p.m. to 6 p.m., um, Sydney time, and that's a time that works for a lot of time zones, and there are various reasons behind that. But then also on a Friday morning, I'll do a 7.30 in the morning stream where we connect with a completely different audience uh, from other parts of the country that can't, uh, other parts of the world, sorry, that couldn't meet our, our regular time slot. So by doing things like that, that really helps. And then we've obviously got other avenues via other platforms. So Twitch is very much a live streaming space. However, that's where we use things like our YouTube channel. We have a thing called Discord, um, and our Discord server is active and operational all throughout the um, all throughout the day, all throughout the year. And because we have a team of leaders and volunteers that are global, it means that even while I might be asleep, another one of our team members who lives in Kansas might be able to, you know, catch something in the chat if it happens um, in Discord and, and pray for that person that needs it and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. You know, traditional thinking, you know, if you're a youth group leader, and this is what you were when you decided to do things a little differently, but a lot of youth group leaders will try and find where the young people are in their community. So they might have an outreach at a skate park or they'll hold some sort of an outreach concert event. And you've decided to go where the people are. And uh, there's a lot more people that you can reach in an online environment. I wonder if you've got some... Some inspiration here, Kieran, the idea of, you know, starting something that's become a mass movement online and uh, the fact that it's not an impossibility for ordinary youth group leaders in whatever context they might be uh, to start doing something similar as they're led by God. What are your thoughts here for, uh, for young people thinking, how am I going to serve God, uh, the opportunities that are available in a digital environment? Absolutely. And I want to clarify, first and foremost, that those things like a skate park event and a basketball event and those kinds of things are still crucial and need to happen. And I myself have been involved in numerous events like that um, and, and, you know, still have a huge passion for that kind of thing. For me, what brought me into this space, remembering that this was pre-COVID, so it wasn't a response to being forced online, it was an intentional move to go online. And what brought me into that space was as a youth pastor, I still remember sitting in my office and recognizing that there was a shift in culture, that more and more young people that were connecting with us in our community were spending time on their PlayStations and on their iPads and on their phones and in digital spaces. And all of a sudden, I thought, you know what, we as a church, we have a skate park ministry already. And we have a basketball ministry and we have this and that and the other, but we don't have anything directly catering for this demographic. And that's when I started looking into, you know, what is this demographic? Because obviously it's, it's a hidden world. Like when people are playing their PlayStation, they're not doing it outside in a park. So you don't drive past and see them. They're inside their homes. You would never know. And so for that reason, it's a bit less front of mind in that regard. And so I thought, well, Let's just look at some of the stats. And at the time, it was 2.4 billion, billion with a B, 2.4 billion active gamers worldwide. Um, today, not long later, we are now at 3.24 billion 
active gamers worldwide. That's a stat that came out just this month. So August of 2021 um, is when that that stat was released. But 3.24 billion human beings that are in that space. So for me, it was a sense of going, I need to look at my demographic. I need to look at the, the people around me and I need to go, well, where is God calling and where is this need? And, and how do I therefore meet that need? For me, my encouragement to anyone, whether they're in youth ministry or anything else, is really look at your context, look at your culture, look around you, and don't think just because ministry has always been done a certain way, that's the only way it can be done, but rather go, you know what, if ministry has been done a certain way, that's great, and that doesn't mean that that has to stop, but is there something that is missing? Is there is there a missing peace um and if so how do we how do we really do that to fulfill the great commission and make disciples of all nations this is 2020 with neil johnson helping you make sense of life culture and current events from a biblical perspective 2020 on vision our special guest is kieran scaria he's also known online as pastor scar s-k-a-r whose online church is at twitch.tv our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316 you can respond to a facebook question today on our 2020 facebook post says do you think online church for a digital generation is just as powerful as meeting in person. Uh, Kieran, let me ask you as we uh, just move into perhaps something a little bit more of that sort of depth of spirituality here, because uh, there you were, a youth pastor, doing things a little bit differently, and you felt this, you know, uh, some would say a calling uh, to do something in a little bit different way and uh, extend your reach online. Give us some insight here into what was going on spiritually with you when you decided to change directions. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's a great question because it, this isn't something that I would do flippantly. Um, this isn't something that I would just do. Um, I actually spent eight years on staff at my local church, and I don't regret that for a moment. It was it was an amazing experience. It was you know something that was challenging and, and, and grew me. But for me, it was one of those things where what I found is from just tapping into this ministry space and going, I wonder if there's a way to share the gospel with people in the gaming world and seeing this community slowly but surely organically grow and develop. Like you mentioned already and like we had in our last chat, you know, this is something that started from, from zero with no team, no funding, no backing, no anything. It was just sitting there and going, I, I wonder if we can share the gospel. And as that started to grow, I very quickly came to realize that, you know, I might be able to get home from a big day of work and then reach out and connect with a few people and do that. But then all of a sudden, when that few people started to become, you know, two people that would reach out to five people, to a hundred people, to a thousand people, all of a sudden I knew that me as an individual, I, I can't, I can't deal with all of the pastoral care needs and all of the different things that are coming through this on the side. Like this was taking up a lot. And all of a sudden we looked at this and went, okay, well, I wonder like, how, how, how is this going to work? And to be completely honest with you, I didn't know the answer. And so I spoke to my wife um, and we prayed about it. And I actually went and booked an Airbnb um, out in a place called Lura. And I went for two nights and I just stayed in Lura by myself. And I, I, fasted and I prayed and I sat there and I cried and I just sat with God and I said, God, I will burn out 
if I'm trying to lead all these different things that I am at church where I'm working full-time and run this ministry on the side. I, I, there's not enough of me to go around, God, and I don't know what the answer here is. Um, I felt challenged and convicted, and I felt God really say to me that there are other people that can lead the youth ministry at the church that I was at. And, you know, that, that can happen, but this is an uncharted ministry space that I have a unique skill set that I can, I can invest into and, and we can make a huge impact here. And I knew the ramifications of that. I knew what that meant because one of those two scenarios actually provides an income, right? Like working at church, I, I had a full-time salary, whereas going into this ministry space that is uncharted meant no, no income, um, at all. And so that was one of those things that, you know, again, you, you wouldn't do that flippantly, but I prayed about it and I spoke to Sarah, my wife, and we were both so, so committed to this call that God had put on our lives to reach the next generation, to, to really make an impact that all of a sudden it was like, you know what, forget the money side, like we will figure that out. Um, and then God made it really clear that he would provide for us, whatever that looks like. And so that's when we said, okay, well, you know, a calling is a calling and this is what this is. So, so let's do it. And that was at the end of 2019, um, i.e. before COVID even happened. So a few months later, everyone is forced into the online space, but we were already natively there, um, which is where my role with the Baptist Association came about because they were able to tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, look, Kieran, we know that you've got experience in this space. Could you come into almost a consultancy role because there are many churches that need help going online. Could you, could you help them out? And so I was able to, to step into that space and do that. But as far as call goes, this is one of those things that, you know, has been a huge sacrifice for us, um, just full transparency. But it's one of those things that I would not change for a second because when God says go, you go. And, and that was literally, that was it for us. As soon as he made that clear, and he did that to both Sarah and I in separate ways, but as soon as he made that clear, it was a matter of going, okay, it's it's time. Let's let's do this. Interesting to talk about this calling of God. And uh, some people like to wear that idea of I'm called by God. It's a little bit of a badge of honor. Uh, but there's also this sort of thought, uh, I'm called by God as long as somebody is paying me a wage. There's a major step to take, isn't there? And uh, thank you for, as you say, some transparency and humility in just sharing that because oftentimes to go where you believe God is leading you, uh, sometimes means getting out of the nest, getting out of an environment where there are some things that are needed that are looked after and actually going into a new frontier. And in some sense here, it is a new frontier that you've been tackling, an online digital world where people are congregating en masse. And so I guess with traditional leaders, they might not have been so happy at the start to fund you playing games online, as some might have seen it. But this idea of a calling and the sacrifice that comes with it, in all whether it's a whether it's doing what you're doing or whether it's in ordinary ministry roles, that idea of a calling sometimes demands that sort of sacrifice, doesn't it, Kieran? Absolutely, and that's where for us it wasn't a question of you know logic and and where will the funds come from for us to pay our mortgage and all those things. It was a question of obedience. It was just a simple question of this is what God said. So are we going to trust him with that? And both Sarah and I prayed about it. And again, it wasn't a flippant decision. We prayed about it. We spoke to mentors about it. We, we really sat with God on this. And then it was just a clear cut. Okay, 
let's let's do this and and really have that sense of you know early church just going okay let's let's do this and and whatever that costs it like it's it's worth it to be obedient to what God is calling us to and if you don't mind continuing a little transparency you know how are your uh, income needs met these days uh, is there a way that people online are giving is there a generosity that happens in the space that you're in yeah so so right now um you know to to be completely honest with the conversation we are still far from sustainable as a ministry um that that's not the case yet but more and more we're finding that there are people that God is stirring hearts, people, individual people, um, even now a few churches that have said, hey, you know what, this ministry matters and what you guys are doing matters. And so we want to support that. So there are now um, some people that have started financially contributing towards this. Again, we are a long ways off that sustainability piece, but our goal is if we can connect with more and more godly Christian men and women around the world um, and and churches and even organizations that are willing to partner with us in that way, then there's absolutely no reason why this ministry can't be sustainable and why we can't do all those things. So um, right now, that's that's where we're at. No doubt there's a real balance in there too because some people will be thinking uh, a digital entrepreneur might look to monetize the ministry role that you have. But on the other hand, on the balance, no doubt you want to be able to keep this free and accessible for as many people who can access this uh, gospel message that you'll be carrying. So there is a, a bit of a balancing in there. I guess it's tempting to think about how you can monetize things online. No doubt that's not, uh, that's you know, perhaps is in your thinking anyway. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that is actually something that preemptively um, we've actually already thought about, addressed and set up. So um, this might not be known by everyone, but um, we are actually registered as a not-for-profit. So Scar Ministries is now a registered not-for-profit with the ATNC. And any and all income that comes from anything to do with all of this goes directly to that not-for-profit to a ministry bank account and it does not go to my bank account at all. So even if we one day blew up to the point where there are you know millions of dollars coming through like a social media influencer, I want it to be very clear up front that that will never land in my account. That will never be something that I have. Um, instead, it all goes to the, the ministry account that is overseen by a board of leaders and has signatories on the account of which neither my wife or I are even signatories. Neither of us are signatories on the account at all. So we literally can't access the funds even if we wanted to. Um, and that was a very intentional thing because I wanted to set this up in a way that people can't call into question that motivation because I do recognize, like you said, that the, the online space can be lucrative if people choose to, to use it that way and, and that kind of thing. But instead, I, I never wanted anyone to question motives and go, oh, yeah, of course, Pastor Scar's on the online space. Look how much money's coming into the ministry. Granted, right now, we are the opposite end of that scale. But regardless, we've got the infrastructure set up so that even if one day down the line um, this is sustainable in that way, the, everything is above board, it's above reproach, and if anything, it then means that we can employ a discipleship pastor and it means that we can actually employ different people to really expand that reach and, and really fulfill that mission of reaching gamers with the gospel, of which there are so many that still need to hear Jesus' message. 
And uh, I know listeners will be going, wow, you mean when you have an online ministry, the same integrity issues exist as if you were doing something uh, face-to-face in person and uh, with a board of people who are account- uh, keeping uh, the leaders accountable. All that stuff is uh, is so impressive. And uh, I think listeners uh, will be uh, really impressed with that. And, and just because I mean, we didn't intend this to be any sort of a fundraiser today, but there'll be listeners who might be thinking, I can invest in some good soil here and really reach out into a digital community. And when you're already into 96 nations, uh, 20,000 regular connections in your online ministry, there may be listeners who uh, want to be contributors and become a part of what you're doing. Kieran, let's talk about the sorts of people that you're able to reach online. And when we talk about online gamers, uh, people are going to say, well, isn't it young men and isn't it even middle-aged men who are engaging in the online gaming space? And perhaps there's lots of women that love it too, but uh, what are your perceptions about the sorts of people that you're attracting? (laughs) That is actually a fantastic question because there's actually a lot of... uh misunderstandings in that regard. And I am am guilty of this as well. When I first got into this space, I thought surely it would only be young people, right? Like I was a youth pastor, so I'm like, yeah, you know, this is young people. Um, I was very mistaken. Right now in our community, we have such a vast array of people from not only all across the globe in terms of location and culture, but even in terms of age demographic, in terms of, you know, it definitely is not just males, that's for sure. We have so many members of this community that are amazing women, either Christian or otherwise, who tune in every single time we go live. And it is a blessing. Like, we've actually come to now have a variety of families that actually tune into the live stream together as a family, even members of our team where they will have, you know, the mum, dad and multiple children sitting on a couch or sitting at the dining table or whatever with the stream up on the wall and be watching and engaging together. So gaming culture is one that reaches far beyond what we expect. And I think that's one thing that I've learned is that leaving those expectations at the door and going in with a real sense of, understanding and learning, um, which makes sense when you look at the stat line of 3.24 billion gamers worldwide, because 3.24 billion, when the world's population is only 7.9 billion, there's no way that that's going to be uh, just one people group or one demographic. This is as mixed bag a group as you can get. Uh, You... Yeah, visualize any standard church, but now visualize that expanded out to people that look completely different to each other in completely different countries, in completely different cultures. And yeah, like I say, it is a mixed bag and it is beautiful. When you're reaching gamers, uh, you've got to be able to engage with the games they're playing. Which ones do you engage with? Are there particular favourites or the most popular ones that are online? Uh, Which ones do you find are most uh, successful in, in getting in touch with people? Yeah, totally. I mean, for me, I I look, when it comes to picking the games to play, I look at a few things. Um, I look, one, at what is is popular, what has viewership, what is it that people are, you know, being, uh, playing, because obviously part of this ministry is being where people are. But I also look at that through the lens of what games actually work well in the live streaming context. There are some games that simply don't because they're either too fast-paced or they're just 
something that would mean that all the focus would be on the gameplay. And the way that we operate this community is the focus is definitely not on the gameplay. It's on the community. It's on the people. So I look for games where there is both a combination of downtime where we can just chat and hang out and pray for one another, as well as specific moments of high intensity and, and fun and excitement. So we play a variety of, of things, not just on Twitch, but even via our YouTube channel. We have a Minecraft series on YouTube and some talks about potentially starting another Minecraft series. So that's the first some people in our community will probably hear of that. Uh, we, we, we play Fortnite. We do online marbles races. We do a variety of things. But for me, again, I look at those factors, but then I also weigh that up with, you know, what what is being expressed through this game. So, for example, I don't play things on stream that have sexual references and blood and gore and swearing and, you know, that kind of stuff, because obviously uh, I want to care for this community and provide them a great time, but one that is also um, safe in that regard. Interesting, as you say, you've got the game involvement and then there's downtime and not everybody runs at the high level of uh, intellectual interaction that you need to have playing those games. Uh, But the idea that uh, you've got these sort of uh, uh, real life times where you're able to speak to people and engage with them. Uh, how do you, what do you call that? It's uh, real talk. You've got real talk that's happening around uh, matters of faith that you're trying to get in there to discuss. How does that all work for you? We do, absolutely. So, again, for me and, and our team, as we lead this ministry, the people are what matters. It's, it's not the gameplay. It's not the, the fun, the theatrics and all that. Any standard church, any standard youth group will want to have attractional, fun things that make it exciting and make it the place you want to be, but their heart at the end of the day should be the people. And, and that's what I love about us doing intentional segments where it is, there is no gameplay. We are just sitting and talking and connecting. Um, we, we call it just chatting where we are just chatting and, and doing that. But there is a segment that we do once a week called real talk, as you just mentioned. And that is where we say, Hey, for the next, however many minutes, we're going to put the controller down. We're going to put the mouse and keyboard away. We're going to close whatever games we've got. And instead we're going to open, up the Bible. We're going to open up God's Word and we're going to take a look and see, you know, is there other things here that we can learn that will really help us change lives? And so we have either myself or members of our team or various guest speakers come in and share, not just with me, but with our entire vast community, which is then re-uploaded to YouTube afterwards. So those that can't catch it live, like you mentioned earlier, time zones, um, will still be able to, to see it there. And it's incredible because the conversations that come out of our Real Talk segments and even just from our Just Chatting times, it's it's so powerful because you just don't know what people in other countries particularly are, are going through. You know, we turn on the news and we see all these different things that are happening around the world. Well, when we jump on that live stream, it's not a news story happening elsewhere. It's these are our actual people that we're ministering to and they're in these places where there are crazy things going on. And and because of that, it gives us a really unique avenue to care for one another and, and to really do that. So, um, yeah, those non-gameplay moments are crucial to this ministry operating in the way that it does. As you say, you're reaching into some countries where things are in desperate situations. Uh, the idea of prayer for people, does this come up in some of those uh, real talk uh, uh, context where you get to pray for people or do people ask for prayer or do you offer prayer? How does that work? 
Yeah, it, it doesn't come up in some of them. It comes up in all of them. That is, a prayer is the thing that we, we do and we are passionately about. Every single time that we stream, we will always, you know, close every stream with a word of prayer for the community from then to the time we meet next. In our Discord server, I mentioned Discord earlier, um, which people in the gaming world would understand what Discord is. But in our Discord server, we have an intentional little um, chat room, if you will, that is moderated by our team that is a need prayer room. So people 24 hours a day, seven days a week can go in there and request prayer for whatever's going on in their lives. And we will do that um, just yesterday to use this example. Just yesterday, we had someone from a country that I will not mention um, seek prayer in the middle of our live stream. Um, and we were like in between games at the time. And this person just came in and said, hey, this is what's going on for me. Could you could you pray for that? And I love the fact that we were able to just say, you know what, let's just do it right now. And so live on camera with our entire community there, wherever they are in the world, we were able to stop and pray for this person. And afterwards, we see the chat filling up with people typing in amen. And it was just this beautiful moment of unity between nations, between cultures, between demographics, all coming together and praying for this one person that decided to seek prayer in that moment. And those beautiful moments happen every single time we go live, and even when we're not live via our Discord server and other things like that. So, yeah, is prayer a key component of that? It is the key component of that. Well, that prayer brings the presence of God into the circumstances of the person who has either requested prayer or you've said, can we pray for you? And uh, you bring God into their circumstances. And and so often you're going to find that people have their own testimonies, their answers to prayer. And and I think you've got a, a space too where people can tell their own stories. So you've got a, a developing number of stories of people who have got their own tale to tell about about what's happened as they've come into connection mm. with you. Uh, tell us about that one uh, uh, along the way. We do, and, and that is an amazing call-out because just like how we have the Need Prayer channel in our Discord server, we also have a Praise God channel of the Discord server or a Thank God channel where people can go and say, hey, this is what I want to celebrate today. These are the things that are going on in my world. And often, like literally often, there are people that will come through and share the impact that this ministry has made on their life and, you know, what they heard in Real Talk last week or, you know, whatever that might have been. And it's such an encouragement. It's what keeps myself and our team, you know, going and, and seeing this thing really happen because we look at that and we go, wow, you know, for some people, it might have just felt like a, a standard stream. Maybe we played some video games for a bit. Maybe we, you know, did whatever. But this person sitting wherever they are in the world right now was positively impacted by this. And this has left a profound mark on their life. This is a story that they won't forget. This is a moment that has shaped them, even though we may never actually physically get a chance to meet that person. And that's okay. But just going, they've been blessed by this space and, and this community and what's going on here and really being able to just invest in people in that way. Oh, there's nothing like it. And so I love hearing those stories. We've even got a uh, little command in the chat, which basically means that there's an automation tool that will, you know, provide some streamlined process for people to, to do things. And one of those tools is what we call the exclamation mark. Thanks command. And if someone types in exclamation mark, thanks in the chat at any point in time, even if I'm not live, 
um, a Google form link will appear and they can anonymously submit a something that they are thankful for from, from the stream. And that in itself is just a huge blessing because for some, they don't want to publicly share that, but they would still like myself and our team to know. And this gives them that opportunity to say, hey, thank you for what you're doing. This is how it's impacted me. Please keep doing what you're doing. And uh, it, it is incredible. What you're describing is the growing of a online culture. And uh, you could say, well, I just you know, get steamrolled by whatever other culture is happening online. But you're in there actively creating a culture online. And I wonder if we were talking about the way culture is changing today. There's been a big shift. Uh, you know, you'd have to be blind, Freddie, not to notice that there is a big shift on. And and perhaps here in your space, Kieran, where young men are, and as you say, it's not just young men, it's middle-aged men, but primarily men, and they are online gamers. I mean, some people are saying, where are all the young men? Well, they're online playing games. And uh, there is a certain sense in which you've got to be able to engage with the culture that they're in. And that seems to be what you're doing. How do you reflect on this idea of where the men are and what special needs they might have in a in a today context? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, it's important to just clarify that this very much is not a place where it is just men or, or young men, um, that this is one of those ministries that, although you might not expect it to be the case, there are just as many women and young women in our community as there are men. And that is an amazing thing that we celebrate. We celebrate that diversity. We are encouraged by it, and we want to affirm that. Um, but in terms of, of some of these specific um, issues and, and topics, one thing that we love to do is be an honest and vocal community when it comes to different things. So, you know, even things like domestic violence and, and mental health and just a variety of things. And granted, this does not just affect, you know, any one people group, of course, but these are things that we like to, to talk about. And that's what that real talk segment is so special for, because we get to actually speak into some of these things and, and say, hey, you know, if, for example, mental health is something that you are struggling with, let's talk about that. Let's pray about that. Let's do that. And also, here are some links. Here are some resources to things like Lifeline that you can reach out to if you need to and let us know if, if there's anything else that we can aid you with in, in that regard. But as we have this community, it's really important for us to continue to make sure that everyone is not only represented, but is respected. Um, and we do that in a variety of ways. Like, you know, for one thing, we, we have what we call tribes in our, um, in our ministry right now. And what that means is, you know, like in a standard youth group here in Sydney, we would have, you know, you know, this tribe versus that tribe. And they would, you know, it's basically big teams that they would have competitions against. We, we replicate that in a digital mode. But one thing that we identified is that often the mascots, the logos for these kinds of teams are males. They're, they're male, you know, representations of that, that team. And that's it. So we decided, you know what? Even if that's how everyone else does it, that doesn't mean that's how we do it. We do not just have men in this community, and we want to represent that. So for us, every team not only has a male mascot, but they've also got a female mascot, and we use them interchangeably. So it'll just be randomly when, I, when we're cheering on one of the teams, if I click a certain button on the computer, either one of the two mascots will appear. But it's little things like that that I think really help to show, to teach men and, and to teach all of us that, that that topic of, of equality
quality and making sure that we are caring for one another, respecting one another, and really doing that is, is paramount. And I love that we get to speak into those kinds of topics and issues and, and we'll continue to do so. And of course, you're not just doing online church because I think what listeners will hear is that you're growing an online community and it's a community that has yep. this foundation in the scriptures, a foundation in Jesus. I've been asking listeners to respond to a question today on our 2020 Facebook post saying, do you think online church for a digital generation is just as powerful as meeting in person? And and having been hearing your responses and these sorts of issues today, we'll know that it's a whole online community that we're talking about, not just a church service. But there's some people who've been commenting. Tracy says... I've been to church and I find that for me personally, I learn much more online. I can spend Mm -hmm. half a day easy online learning way more than I've learned at church. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Because you can do church in a shallow way online and you can think about how you can deepen things online. I wonder if you've got any Thoughts for, uh, well, for Tracy and her comment, and what's coming to mind for me is, uh, you know, deepening things online by way of, you know, all sorts of meaty things that you can get your teeth into over the, the times ahead. Any thoughts here? Absolutely. First of all, Tracy, I think you're a champion. Like, that is awesome, and thank you for sharing that. I, I'm actually on the Facebook page looking at your comment right now, um, and it, the, the final sentence that she closes with is, I love online ministry. Thank you. Like, Tracy, we appreciate your encouragement, and you are not alone. There are so many people that we reach and we connect with that have struggled their entire lives in the what we would call standard social environments, right, where they've gone to a standard youth group, they've gone to a standard church, but for a variety of reasons that we won't get into, there are just reasons why it just doesn't work for them. And in this scenario, we go, well, what if we can still bring you that same level of intentionality and that that teaching and that community and and bring it to you in a way that really does work for you, where you don't need to be self-conscious, where you don't need to worry about the the physical distancing side of of some of these things. Like we have people in our community that are COVID positive, like that actually have COVID-19, but they can still tune in even when they're in isolation and and not just tune in as a spectator, but can still be a key integral part of all that we do. And, And that in itself is just such a blessing. See, for us, we've looked at this and gone, okay, you know, there are people out there where our primary role will be to connect with them and then connect them into a local on the ground faith community. Um, but now more and more as we are in lockdowns and, and various things like that going on around the world, we're finding that there are some people that even though there might be that physical building right near them, that's just not the space that they feel comfortable in. It's just not something that they are, are wanting to do, but they still desperately need that faith community. So here we are saying rather than doing what a lot of churches would do and their online component is more of an afterthought, it's it's an overflow of, you know, if you can't make the the real one in quotation marks, then, you know, this is the, 
you can still tune in like this. Instead, we're looking and going, well, what if we go and intentionally create something for that space that might look and feel different, but really ticks all of those, you know, biblical mandates as to what this should be? Because at the end of the day, church should not be a service and church should not be a building. Church should be the people and the people are everywhere and the people have the ability in this case to utilize things like the internet to still continue to connect in such a deep way. So yeah, I, I am encouraged by Tracy's uh, comment there and I'm glad Tracy that online ministries do exist for people like yourself who find that you actually learn much more um, in, in that way. So uh, Tracy, thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out. Wonderful stuff. And there's other comments on Facebook. I'll encourage listeners. You can respond to that. And uh, even beyond our conversation, the question is, do you think online church for a digital generation is just as powerful as meeting in person? And for those who are in lockdown right now, uh, you're hoping that that is the case because uh, you're looking to link uh, with all sorts of ways that you can uh, increase and deepen your own faith. And if you are an online gamer, you might want to connect with our special guest today, Kieran Scaria. He's known online as Pastor Scar, S-K-A-R. And when you Google Pastor Scar and you find twitch.tv, you'll be able to find this online community. And, uh, of course, uh, Kieran is also at uh, this time and uh, changing directions in a little while, but he's currently Youth Ministry Engagement Coordinator for the Baptist Association of New South Wales and the ACT. People connecting with you today Kieran and uh, they're saying well you know I play online games I'd like to play in an environment where I can interact and perhaps even be intentional and do something useful is that sort of person the the people the people who'll probably do a search and and connect with you today yeah absolutely and if so um please if, if this is where you found us please let me know um and I say let me know because what we do is very conversational. This isn't just, uh, okay, you will now be one of the bazillion viewers and we'll just never know you exist. That's not how this ministry operates. And if and when you do get a chance to show up in our live chat, I would love it if you were to say, hey, Kieran, I was one of the people that heard you on Vision Radio and, you know, great to be here because we want to welcome you with open arms and, and provide for you what it is that, that you need. And, you know, we, we have, again, such a vast variety in our community there are people that play all kinds of different games and all that kind of stuff we've even got plenty of people in the community that don't play any video games they love the culture they love the heart behind it they love what they're seeing and therefore they're a part of this community even though they wouldn't fall into that statistic of being one of the 3.24 billion gamers out there they still call this community family and they still call this home because they know that it's a place where they can go, where they'll be loved, they'll be accepted, and they'll be encouraged in their faith journey um, wherever they're at on that journey, no matter what. It's wonderful to connect once again, and no doubt we'll find an opportunity to do another update, Kieran, as uh, the years go by. But uh, let me point people to a number of ways that you can connect today. Uh, we mentioned twitch.tv, uh, search for Pastor Scar, S-K-A-R, and uh, si simply type in Pastor Scar on all your social media. You'll find Kieran Scaria. There's also a, web, uh, there's also a website, pastorscar.com, 
Uh, and uh, Kieran also uh, wants to be very, very open and uh, he wants to be personable, connectable, relatable and uh, even his email address, pastorscar at gmail.com to be in personal connection. So, uh, uh, Kieran Scaria, uh, just wonderful getting your insights once again today. Just to mention one more thing before I let you go, and uh, you did mention that you know things are on the up and up, and there's twenty thousand people connecting with you around the world, but you are out on a new wild frontier, responding to a call from God, doing things with integrity, and uh, there is some room there for some friends uh, with some financial support as well for the way that you want to continue and. Uh, uh, to sustain the ministry and to have those sorts of projects that you want to expand. So uh, for listeners who might want to connect uh, in a prayerful and financial way, pastorscar.com and uh, you'll be able to connect with Kieran Scaria. Kieran, wonderful getting your insights. Thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 